Thanks for listening today to In 16 Years. I'm Amy, and this is a podcast where I talk about what I've learned in 16 years of living with stage 4 endo, severe IBS, fibromyalgia, and interstitial cystitis. My name is Brittany, and I live with celiac disease, anxiety, and my own hormonal fun. We hope this show will inspire you, empower you, and help you feel supported on your own health journey. Brittany and I are not doctors, dietitians, mental health professionals, experts on endometriosis, or any kind of qualified medical professional. So that means that none of the information we share on this podcast is medical or mental health advice. If you get inspired by something we say, always consult your qualified medical professional first before making any changes. That's what we're going to talk about today. Everyone's least favorite experience. Pain! Pain, yay! Excruciating, debilitating, break your spine in half. Dying on the floor pain. (laughs) Exactly. The only pain. The big pain. One of the pains. Not the, definitely not the only pain. We're talking about the big pain. Well, pain characterizes this illness. Does it now? Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> it's not just like, oh, well, you know, I have all these things and no pain. That happens sometimes, but you know it's bad when you have this excruciating pain. I mean, this pain can be during periods, but it can also, for some people, be outside of their period or during other times of the month. It can happen with sex, with Woo-hoo! bowel movements, Woo! with everyday activities like breathing. Breathing, bending over, coughing, sneezing, all of those things can trigger excruciating cramps and it can happen between menstrual cycles as well. I love excruciating cramps. Yeah, sounds like a good time. <laughs> it's my favorite like party trick. Bring out the excruciating cramps. It's a great way to be able to go home. <laughs> it's a great excuse. Excuse me, I have excruciating cramps and I must leave. Usually it's through screaming and gritting teeth, but you know, it's the same thing. <laughs> Don't call me an ambulance. Just get out of my way. Where's my Uber? <laughs> my Uber's like, I'm sorry. It appears that you're completely... You've left his- bodily fluids all over the back of my Uber. <laughs> so sorry, Uber. <laughs> Are you on something? Because you appear to be a little bit frenzied. I'm on hormones. <laughs> Just get me that friggin' hop. <laughs> I'm sure you can relate. <laughs> So that's our topic for today, excruciating, crippling, awesome pain. I'm going to talk about this pain in relation to my period. And that's because in my personal experience, that is when I've always had the worst of my endometriosis pain. But like Brittany said, agonizing pain like this can happen at any time of the month. Woo! Anytime. Just like, woo! Hammer time. Pain time. Endo time. It kind of feels like hammer pain, hammer time, because it feels like you're being hammered. So, okay. But this kind of excruciating, horrible pain can happen at any time of the month, regardless of if a person menstruates or not. I think a lot of us out there do get excruciating pain on our periods. And if you do, I'm, I relate and I am so, so sorry. And I understand what it's like to be totally terrified of getting your period, which which is so inappropriate, right? I mean, to be afraid, so afraid to get something that, first of all, is natural and second of all, happens every month. And so we're going to go into that a little bit today. Actually, I wanted to talk about pain management tips and 
it's pretty hard to get through the excruciating pain. So just kind of like little things that I do to, I mean, all I can do is to sur- deal. Yeah, yeah to, just to, to deal to survive in the moment to make it a little bit less traumatic and horrifying. But actually, we're going to talk about that in the next episode, because as I began writing just a little bit about what the pain is, I just I really went for it. So we just it became cathartic. <laughs> talking about it is really helpful. So we're going to try to talk about it with each other and encourage you to talk about it with each other and with us, because pain like this and is so isolating. And I think maybe this. Well, w- time will tell at the end of the episode. <laughs> OK, in 30 minutes, you will know. But. Maybe this could be a good episode that you could share with a friend or family member who doesn't understand because Mm -hmm. I think that when people hear crippling pain, they can't get it because they've never seen it, right? So it's really hard to fathom what it means like, oh, my period causes excruciating pain. Oh, yeah, mine hurts, too. It's like it's Mm -hmm. really it's really hard for other people. You're only able to measure against what you've experienced. But hopefully when we talk about it, how in depth we're going to talk about it, it might give you some tools on how to better describe your pain to other people. Or like Amy said, sharing this podcast might really help people that are close to you understand what you experience. And they'll be like, Woo! Like, oh, wow, girl. what an experience you have. <laughs> what a roller coaster. <laughs> you don't want to take that ride. <laughs> oh, man. So how do we describe this pain? to other people who have no idea what it feels like because it's a whole nother level of pain i mean the first words that come to my head are traumatic terrifying overwhelming pain that rips your soul out backbreaking destructive overbearing intense unbearable sucks the life out of me agonizing Ooh, now you're getting colorful where's my thesaurus (laughs) like wow there's so many horrendous, gut-wrenching, those are also two really good ones, Ooh. That words that relate to this type of pain. And now we'll paint a representation that will help you visualize this endometriosis pain. It feels like we're trapped under the wheel of a car. 2,000 pounds of pressure is breaking our back in half. It's not a pretty sight. Writhing on the ground, begging for the pain to stop. It wouldn't matter in that moment if I pooped, puked, or peed myself, if that even slightly alleviated the pain. And by the way, I have many times done one, two, or all three of those, and often in front of other people. What a fun time. <laughs> Thank you, endometriosis pain. You really helped me make friends. <laughs> I fit in the society. I'm not weird at all. <laughs> Hey, remember that girl Amy from the party? The one who peed on herself? (laughs) I prefer if you remember me for that really nice hairdo I had or my dress. (laughs) Always the pee. Let's talk about painkillers. First, I want to say that they are the best invention in the whole world. I have heard people say the zipper changes lives. Um, sorry, I don't think you've ever had excruciating pain that stopped when you popped a little blue pill the size of your fingertip. In your mouth, okay, because that That's that a <laughs> is a life changer and a game changer, okay? Screw the zipper, contact lenses. Yes, I love you too, but there isn't you got nothing on painkillers that stop endo crippling pain, except when they don't, except, or you can't take them. Ah, yes. Let's dissect that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, when I was younger, and I don't know if this happened to any of you, but I didn't know that there was painkillers that could stop that pain. I had tried all of over-the-counter painkillers, and none of them did anything for that pain. It didn't even touch it. Also, when I went to the doctor and I told them that I was in excruciating, crippling pain and felt like a bear was gnawing out all the nerves in my uterus, they thought everything was in my head, so they didn't prescribe anything, even when I went to hospital in an ambulance when my mom called 911 one of the first times my period came because I was literally screaming and like begging for the pain to stop. And that to me is one of the major failures of the doctors because no one should have to live through this kind of pain and especially not over and over and over every month and especially Especially not when you're 16 years old or younger. Some of us are getting our periods at 10, 12. I mean, I didn't start having that kind of pain until I was 16. And I cannot even imagine being further ripped out of childhood at 10 years old with pain like that. And, and nobody tries to help you. And having no medicine to stop that pain. And if you're listening and that happened to you, I am so sorry. When I was 19, I got a new boyfriend, and the first time he saw my period came, he was completely flabbergasted. I mean, I, I don't know. He was like, what? What is this, right? Because it's what not- What has possessed my girlfriend. <laughs> it's not normal. So no. he said, wow, we have to make an appointment with a doctor. And so we ended up going to a doctor, and I was able to go see a doctor when I was in this kind of crippling pain. So I, you know, hobbled in, and I was all hunched over, and I had like a little baggie, and I was throwing up. And I think the doctor saw, oh, my God, the pain is real. She's really good at faking Looks it right like now. it hurts a little. <laughs> doctor, the pain is not all in my head. I don't have a migraine. Okay, the pain <laughs> is in my uterus. It's in, All the do you times have I wish I could say that it's in your head. It's I don't have like, a migraine. <laughs> the pain is in your head. Do you know how body parts here, work? I'm point, it's in my stomach. <laughs> I'm pointing down in my abdomen. Domain. Did they miss the anatomy class in med school? <laughs> yeah. I'm concerned. See where I'm gripping my lower back so hard I now have a bruise, okay? <laughs> and two discs of my spine have been crushed from my own pressure. Yet that's... That's not that's, in my head. That's where it hurts. Make it so obvious. Not in my head. Yeah, I don't have a headache, okay? Anyways, where is it going with this? The doctor prescribed an actual, an actual miracle. miracle because he gave me a prescription naproxen and it's very high strength higher than you can get in the over the counter and i took it and within about 45 minutes the pain just really died down and that pill that like completely changed my life from then forward like it was literally like my life pre period painkillers and life post period painkillers so they didn't know what was wrong with me but they or he just told me to beat the pain and so that's what I ended up doing or trying to do because I didn't always end up beating the pain if my period came suddenly or like I didn't have the painkillers with me when it came. But most of the time I was able to take the painkiller before the pain started and not have to experience that pain. But then after taking it for several years, I started to have really bad side effects from the painkillers. They can cause gastrointestinal side effects. And I basically ended up getting really severe gastritis. And the symptoms were so bad that I realized 
that I would need to stop taking the painkiller to try to heal my gastritis because like my all the time every day was getting really bad from the stomach problems. I would say that was like one of my deep crises when I realized I remember that that I was going to have to stop taking the pill. Yeah. I remember my that. little blue my little blue miracle. Oh, miracle. I remember having to talk you like you decided it's okay. It's okay. I was freaking out. It was, it was horrible. It was traumatizing for her to know that help existed and you were actively turning it down. Like that was so traumatic and heartbreaking to watch. Well, and what was really bad was the first time that I didn't. So the so I was about thirty and I realized okay I'm going to take a break from taking the pill for I don't know maybe like I mean until I can be healed. So I was thinking maybe like six periods or so like six months. And the very first time that I didn't take painkiller, the crippling pain lasted for over five hours. And I couldn't believe it. And I didn't know what to do. And, you know, when I was younger, when the pain came and it it has always been excruciating, but when I was younger, it would be excruciating for like, I don't know, maybe an hour, hour and a half. And then it would kind of like taper off. And then it would be, I would be in pain for one or two days, but it would be more manageable. But this time, I mean, I didn't know how screwed up it was in there. I didn't know how it had stage four endo and like an endometrium on the size of my grown, fist. and grown in that time. My bowel was all glued to whatever. So I didn't know what it was like in there. And so I was, I was blown away. And I called you the first time. Mm-hmm. I was like two or three hours in. She and, thought she was going to die. And I could barely talk. Yeah. And I was like moaning into the phone like, what do I do? Do I take the pill? Because now I've been doing like it's been like two and a half hours that I haven't taken the pill. So I Am think I giving it's gonna, up? I don't want to give up. Yeah, I don't want to take the pill now. I mean, I've already suffered for two and a half hours. Like then I'm going to take the pill and then I'm going to get all the gastritis symptoms, which are still awful, awful. Yeah. And so what was the point of doing two suffering and a half? for two hours? If yeah. I didn't have to. So yeah. I kept thinking, OK, well, any minute the pain is going to go away. And it just kept, kept going, going and going and going. And it was awful. And then when that pain, like, then there was this, there was this moment where that pain just, it just like stopped. It had been like someone was taking a crowbar and they were just banging into my back for like five hours straight, and then they just stopped. But then after that, my whole abdomen was so seared. It was like someone had taken acid and they had poured it all over my abdomen. And I, for two days, I literally could not move without screaming out. So going to the bathroom was really hard work. Let me tell you. Something you had to do very frequently (laughs) also. (laughs) And I went to the doctor. I tried to work with the doctor to find other painkillers that weren't NSAIDs. Pretty high dose, though. They were serious medications. High dose, serious prescription painkillers, but nothing helped the pain. Like the only thing that was helping my pain was the prescription NSAIDs, Mm -hmm. but those were exactly the pills that I couldn't take because they were causing the gastritis symptoms. Everything else, nothing even touched it. So I was totally screwed. Yay! <laughs> and for the next 19 months and 19 times, I lived through that crippling pain for like three days every month until I found my surgeon, who is an expert in care, who is awesome, who did excision surgery just a few months ago. But that whole 19 months, 19, I don't even, I don't even know what to call them, traumas, 19 traumas leading up to the surgery, it almost broke me. And I had a nervous breakdown about a year in. 
So we'll talk about that in a little, in a moment. <laughs> we love a good nervous breakdown. We'll talk about Amy's. <laughs> and now featuring Amy's nervous breakdown. <laughs> my life is falling apart. I don't want to lose my job. <laughs> Make the bait stop. Something like that. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounded accurate. Well, I think pain that intense, it's traumatic. And when it's over, it's it's not something that you just forget. Like personally, I will, hopefully not forever, but I have at this moment vivid memories of moments when the pain came. I mean, do you remember your first painful period or do you have some painful moment that that it seem, it's like imprinted on my soul? And no matter how, well, it's not like, I don't know how to try to forget it, but you know, you if it comes up, it's not like I'm thinking about it. I'm not like thinking about it all the time, but then I don't know, something will happen and it will, and the memory will come to me and I, and I can. You relive the trauma, the experience, the emotional break of that. You can relive that. That's what PTSD is. PTSD. Does the P stand for period? <laughs> no. Period traumatic stress disorder. I like that a lot better. <laughs> for me, that sounds pretty accurate. I feel like we should call a doctor up and have them change that. <laughs> I mean, the thing about that pain is like, that pain is something that you have to survive. It's something that you have to get through. You know, when I say survive, I mean, there's no chance of me dying during that pain. It's just, it takes over your whole body and your, and your soul. You know, we're talking about our soul. Very lofty, very <laughs> lofty topic right now. But, but no, I mean, it feels all consuming. I feel like after surviving that pain, I am totally wiped out, completely exhausted, drained. I'm like a balloon that has been popped or like a tire that has gone flat or a vase that has fallen off the desk and it has shattered into a thousand tiny little pieces that can never be put back together again. That's how I feel emotionally after going through that kind of pain. I'm not able to forget what I just forget what I felt yesterday. I think pain of that intensity, it haunts you. But then I just have to act like I forget it. Everything's just fine. Oh, yeah, yesterday I was crawling into the bathroom and I was walking hunched over, clutching my abdomen and throwing up in a bucket. But now I'm at work the next day and I have to act like everything's just fine and I have a big smile on my face. And, and I you didn't can't get up from your desk. And I didn't go through that. Yeah, it's. It's horrendous, and there's no time to process emotionally what we just went through because life is go, 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 boom, boom, boom. And okay, miss too many days of work, you might, you know, be let go. So it's like for me, I take a day off because I have excruciating pain. And as soon as I can walk a little bit without, you know, everyone gawking at me and being like, What's wrong with you? Do you need to be home? Even though when I go in on like the third day, they all know something's (laughs) wrong and they're like, Oh, is it that time? Are you okay, Amy? Do you need me to go to the copy machine? I'm like, yes, I yes, I need you to go get me a fork and fill up my water. And if you can change my diaper. Yeah, oh, that's my I, job. That's... I have to walk to the toilet. They just hired me to help her out. <laughs> Even though I was hired I have a little first. bell that, was, that I, I, I a little bell that I ring and then Brittany comes and she's dressed like, what is that called? The Doma, Doma, Doma Bono? No, what is it called? Doma Bono? No, no, no. What are they called in like England in the butler in old times? 
Or is that what the elevator is called? A dumbwaiter? That's an elevator. I don't know, Brittany. (laughs) I can't help it that you're not up to... I'm dressed like a French You're not up to speed in your... (laughs) On old things. (laughs) British butlery. Okay, but basically Brittany is dressed in a butler's outfit and I ring a little bell at work and I go... And she comes in and she's like, yes, your majesty. And I'm like, Brittany, I need a fork. (laughs) Okay, Amy, anything you need. Well, our favorite is when you're walking really slow and people like behind you like cars, they just like go around you and you're like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I always walk very close to the wall for that reason. Yeah, so they can go around. But it's always like, like, that's so, okay, I'm sorry, I can't go faster. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) It's embarrassing. (laughs) Just trying to get to the coffee machine. And I'm like, ding, 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 then Brittany comes. Yes, your highness. <laughs> Brittany, I've printed three copies. Go pick up that copy yes, machine. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but she does return the favor, so we're even. <laughs> Another thing that I want to talk about is during the pain, what, well, I don't know, I've never seen anyone else, but what I actually look like, I feel it's horrifying. So when I get my pain, I'm in and out of the bathroom at the beginning, I'm so frenzied from the pain, like pacing and just frantic and hysterical. And I'm sobbing and my face is just like grimaced. And I don't know, it's beet red and I've been crying and maybe I have like puke on my face. And, and there's like my snot stripping down my nose. And I mean, I look like a mess. And when I go into the bathroom to use the toilet or puke or whatever, and I like get a glimpse of myself in the mirror, I'm like, I don't know that person. Like, who is staring back at me in the mirror with these, like, puffy face and puffy eyes and beet red and my hair is all because I've been standing up and then I've been laying on the ground and then I've been writhing around on the bed and then the carpet. And if my boyfriend, lucky him, is over at the time and I'll be, like, screaming at him because I basically turn into a frenzied monster and I'd be interested to know if what you're like when you're in this kind of pain because personally like I cannot control my emote like I cannot control anything I have no like I'm actually very patient Brittany will vouch yes, she's very controlled and patient person. I'm very patient but when the pain comes I lose it and I am screaming and when I want like I found recently that chamomile tea can when it first comes and I'm like puking and pooping and that's going on for a you know, an hour or two, if I have chamomile tea, it just really helps. I don't know, it just really helps everything like calm down and it helps me like the gastro part. (laughs) Yeah, it helps the gastro part and like helps me stop throwing up. So I'll be like on the toilet and I'll be screaming at my boyfriend, like, get me the chamomile tea. And then he'll be heating it up. I can hear him in the microwave and I'll be like, what is taking you so long? Hurry the F It's only been 30 seconds. (laughs) And I am losing my but you know what 30 seconds is a long time that is like two hours in that Mm -hmm. pain okay that pain is so intolerable and yeah i mean time time is relative and time when you're in that kind of pain time it goes forever and ever and so yeah i just become a screaming puffy red snotty mess everything opposite of who you see yourself as so I hate mirrors. So when my period comes, I just take this. No, I should do this, right? <laughs> I should have covered all the mirrors. I, I just put like a black curtain over the mirror. People come over like, so what's wrong with all of your mirrors? Uh, like, is your house haunted? Yeah, by me. 
during my period. Yeah. It's haunted by Endo Amy. <laughs> Endo Amy doesn't like mirrors. <laughs> and then we have recovery. Recovery is like that weird stage where you're in between. I mean, you're done with the crippling pain, but you're not like feeling good yet. You're still feeling pretty horrible. It's kind of like, for me, it's like, I was going to say it's like a hangover from the pain. It's like a pain hangover. Hangover. It's a hangover. <laughs> it's like the pain's only a seven instead of a 27. <laughs> it's like the worst hangover of your life. Yes. Right? Like for me. And okay. it's full body, not just your head. I spent three days in crippling pain. I was throwing up, so my throat hurts. I'm totally dehydrated because I couldn't keep anything down. Your body hurts. Your head hurts. Oh, yeah. I have your a head. Your legs hurt. Your my brain. Hurt. Your back hurts. <laughs> my brain has turned into mush because it has had no nutrients, and I'm completely dehydrated, and I have a raging headache. So I'm like, oh, trying to go to work and then just so like shuffle out i'm like okay walk slow okay everything hurts but i'm gonna make it to work i'm gonna i swear i'm gonna make it and then i like live i was gonna live on the third floor so then i have to like go down there's no elevator so i like leave the door one step at a time <laughs> yeah really slow i'm like please don't thank let- god for railings <laughs> yeah please don't let me fall down the stairs in this moment like past my plants like oh hello basil still hello Oh, it's been five minutes? Well, Still on the third stair. It's fine. Trying to get by you, basil plant. <laughs> Swear to God, I'm trying to get by you. You know, finally get past the basil. You're like, yes. One plant down, <laughs> seven more to it's go. It's like climbing Everest. <laughs> get to the bottom. And then you're like, did I lock the door? Oh, screw it. I don't care. <laughs> like, still, I someone, don't care at this point. <laughs> someone breaks in. You know what? First of all, they're having to just go see if the door, like, they're not going to know. They'd have to go try my door. So... Chances are pretty slim. I'm probably fine. Um, it's going to be okay. Like, okay. I don't have another hour to go up and down the stairs again. <laughs> like, screw it. I'm already late. Okay. Like, it's time to get moving. Then you, like, struggle to open the car door. That thing is so heavy after three days of laying there throwing your brains up. Okay. Struggle to open the car door. And then you, like, struggle again. Struggle to sit. I Ouch. hate. Ouch. I hate <laughs> sitting in the car. Sitting in the car is so freaking painful. Okay. Seatbelt. First of all, sitting position. Ouch. Reaching like, for the seatbelt. Ooh. Putting the seatbelt across. Across your abdomen. Your abdomen, right? Ow. <laughs> okay. And then there's a school in front of my house. So there's like these speed bumps on my row. Oh. So then you're like going and I'm like, okay, I'm going. You're brum, crew. Brum, and then you're like. And I'm like. Ow. Uh, <laughs> add to list of most hated things <laughs> in world. Then you get to work, finally. You're like, okay. Three I, years I later. drove. <laughs> get in the parking lot. You have to open the car door again. Hard work. You have to get out of the car. You have to get up to your cubicle. That's pretty far away from the car, right? Like, it doesn't matter that the building has an elevator. I still have to walk across the parking lot from my car. And down the hallway. To the building and door. And the other room. And with all those everywhere. people staring. <laughs> Probably no one's staring, but I feel feels like they are. Well, plus when you're walking at like point snails one pace. mile an hour, you know, like you, <laughs> like we said before, everyone going around you, you're, you're like, walking at like conscious right now, <laughs> two feet, not even per second, like one foot per second. You're like foot forward, forward. I think a snail moves faster than <laughs> we do sometimes. <laughs> oh look, a snail's going by. A turtle. He's beating me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's beating the snail too. 
That's how it feels. <laughs> You're like, oh, turtle, are you strong? Can I jump on your back? Can you please take me? Can you give me a Can you give me a lift? <laughs> One time I saw an inchworm moving faster than I was. <laughs> Felt really bad on that day. <laughs> Poor little baby inchworm. And you get to your computer and you hook up your, well, you want to hook up the heating pad. ASAP. But it's on the floor, so you have to crouch down. So you call Brittany. So you, you have, ring the bell, you ring the bell. And, <laughs> and your butler, Brittany, comes. <laughs> that's the sound of the bell. Yes. And they're like, Brittany, plug in my heating pad, please. please. plug in my heating pad. <laughs> and then I crawl on the floor and I plug in her heating pad because I love her. <laughs> it's commitment, people. <laughs> Resist the urge to put your head down on your desk and nap. You can do that in your car at 11 o'clock. That's what I do. <laughs> I nap in the car at 11. It's about parking in a space where less people, where there are less people. And I got those, um, you know, those things that you put in the windshield when it's really hot. Yeah. So I got multiple of those so you can put them around different windows. Put them in the passenger side yeah. and the windshield. Smart. So basically no one, if someone walked by my car, they'd be like, wow, that girl's really protecting herself from Very the sun, even though it's a rainy day. <laughs> hey, it may be snowing, but you never know when the sun could damage. Don't want to ruin that leather. <laughs> There's no leather in there. So you they don't have to know that. <laughs> yeah, it's because you can't see inside. That's right. Okay. Don't want it to ruin the interior of my very used car. <laughs> well, but it's hard. Recovery is really hard. And I think the whole time, all I'm thinking is, okay, I will make it. I'm just, I have to make it through this day. Oh, I don't really want to say thinking because I'm not really thinking much because my brain is totally fried because it's like put food in me and my butter intestines like don't put, <laughs> don't any, put food don't in jump me. Don't put food in me. I'm like, yeah, but we're in, everyone's dehydrated. We're really inflamed. <laughs> we can't handle it. Please. It's hard work. So now, woohoo, yippee, yo, hi, <laughs> I don't even wow. know where that's from. She went real far there. <laughs> I can't remember where that's from. No one else does either. <laughs> Okay, well, that's because recovery's over, the period's over, everything's over, and I and I hopefully have like two some semblance two, of real humanity left. <laughs> I hope that you know, listening out there, you have some week or two weeks where you can just feel better, and I don't know, just not just not feel, just feel good, you know, just be At like least one week, just just a moment where you can feel good. And then for me, the really hard part is, you know, your period is coming again. I have mine marked on my calendar, red tide in red. <laughs> and, you know, and it's alerting me. And so like a week before I get an alert, which is saying, oh, red tide is coming in a week because then I begin my red tide prep, which I'll talk about in the next episode, trying to get ready for the pain. And then I start to feel that fear building inside of me. And this is something I like to tell my friends who kind of who don't know, like who haven't had this kind of crippling pain. It's like, imagine that there is a fire raging and you're trapped inside of the room. The flames are they're coming towards you slowly, inevitably. And all you can do, you can't escape because they're in front of the door. So all you can do is curl up in a ball in the corner and cover your face and, you know, possibly pray that you will make it out and that everything will be okay. Wouldn't you feel panicked? I think yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the inevitable is coming. 
the flames are coming to burn you. That's pretty terrifying. And that's what it's like. And it's inescapable. There's no escape from that period pain. Okay, painkillers, but not if you can't take them anymore or not if they don't work for you. So how do you escape from something that you know is coming to break your spine in half? How do you stay calm watching the flames come towards you? How do you breathe knowing that the smoke is going to start choking you? Help me, Brittany. I can't. You can't. And it's so terrifying. So if you are sufficiently terrified right now, I hope you're not listening to this on your period. (laughs) This is a very... We shouldn't have talked about this while I'm on Mushu. (laughs) It's hormonal right now. I'm sorry, Brittany. (laughs) There, there. Here, dry your tears with this invisible Kleenex. (laughs) Go plug in my heating pad. Well, I'm sorry. No, I. The point is not to be dramatic, but I don't know. To be it's realistic. It's hard to. It's just very hard to put into words something that is a feeling in your body. So I've tried to put into words best I can what all the different things that I feel physically and emotionally when this pain comes, because you know, to the outside world, the it hurts, it hurts, it hurts so bad. Make it stop. That conveys nothing. I mean, it conveys that you're in a lot of pain, you want it to stop. I feel like there are so many layers, right, to this pain. Like, this pain is not only physical, it becomes, for me, this pain becomes psychological, too. And then I'm battling with all these, like we said, like PTSD and the fear and the trauma. And I'm thinking about the pain and I'm worrying about the pain, and then I I can't breathe the day before my period is coming. And you're also dealing with outside influences, people who don't want to listen or don't want to hear it or don't believe you. Your pain is not real, Brittany. It's all in my head. It's not a migraine. I hate that. I hate the fact that the pain is so difficult for other people to understand. Like, if I could, okay, if I could wish a few things, like, one, obviously I would wish for all of us out there to never, ever have to experience this kind of pain. But since we do feel that kind of pain, I wish that I could just hold out my finger and touch someone's shoulder, and just for 30 seconds, they could feel that pain. So I don't want to hurt them or anything. Like, I'm not like, oh, I'm going to get you all. I'm going to revenge on all my enemies. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like the ability to understand. Yeah, it's empathy, right? So the ability to, because, you know, later when people, maybe they've had a kidney stone and they come back and they're like, I remember this girl at work, she told me she had a kidney stone and I think she was suffering for like two days and it was horrible for her. And she came in and she said, I think I can kind of understand now what you mean when you talk about your period pain. Just for that moment, she like opened up towards me, right? And she she had more compassion and more empathy than in the past when she hadn't had the kidney stone and she'd never had any like high-level pain like that. So that's what I mean by if I could just like reach out and just for a few seconds, people could feel themselves like 
exploding out of their bodies in pain. But since I don't have that really cool superpower. <laughs> That's your X-Men power. You know, since I, since I can't do that to people. I have the power of pain touch. Oh my goodness. You know, the power of that PP. Oh, it's the, what kind of I power have do the... you want? I want to fly. I want invisibility. I want to inflict excruciating pain on someone for 30 seconds so they can understand and empathize with me. You were that kid. Well, Brittany, that's where sometimes life takes you in unexpected directions. Okay, I think my parents would still be proud. I think so. We'll accept you for who you are. In kindergarten, I drew a little picture and people were like, why? Everyone's drawing a firefighter and a teacher and what they want to be when you grow up. Why are you just touching people's shoulders and they're on the ground in a pile of blood? <laughs> Periods. <laughs> Call me PP Amy. <laughs> So sometimes, Brittany, I feel so much anger towards the people around me. I don't know if it's the hormones or the post-period recovery rage or something, but I, what I think it is is it's just feeling like I'm not understood. And then when I miss like a social event, you know, so, oh, there was a party and I missed it because I had my period and it was excruciating. You know, and then people try to empathize and they think they're empathizing, but all they're doing is like hurting me really badly because one, they're not listening. Right. So suddenly I'm like, yeah, okay. So I was excruciating pain this weekend that we just all talked about with the flames coming to, you know, suck me dry and suck my soul out as I vomit and look in the mirror. I'm like, who am I? (laughs) Please make it stop. And then suddenly you're like, Yeah, one time when I was 16, that's like 20 years ago, when I was 16, I had a cyst burst, and it was the most horrifically painful thing of my whole life until two hours later I got to the ER and they gave me pain medicine, and I will never forget how painful it was. I can see that that was very painful because 20 years later, like, you still remember that because that's what I said, serious pain haunts you. and. I think it's very hard to forget about. But we're not talking about your experience that happened to you 20 years ago. We're talking about the crippling pain that I was in that caused me to miss this party that I'm in every single month for the past years. That's what we're talking about. And and that's what frustrates me. Like when either people say, oh, it can't be that bad. Or I don't want to hear about your period. That's gross. Or they try to empathize, which I mean... Thank you. Try. But, like, they, they don't come... Th- they just, Instead of listening, they're talking about their own experiences. Yeah, Instead they, of they, just saying, they, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Yes, that's all. They just, have to say, just, well, I've experienced pain, too. It's oh, not yeah. a one-up contest. Yes! Thank you! And if it was a one-up contest... She'd win! I'm pretty sure I would <laughs> beat the person I was talking to. And I'm not talking about you listeners, because... You could also win. <laughs> we... We will win together, okay? We'd be like the super team of, like, the, the super pain team. Ooh. What would our Is that ma- your new, like, name? It's like the pain power and the super pain team. What would our mascot be? It would a be uterus. The, it'd be the, it would be a uterus. It'd be the red dragon. <laughs> yes, it Flying would. about, singeing the crowd with its fire. <laughs> now that we have an entire superpower and team, I guess we have to, like, actually start, like, a school or something. Is that what you do? But the comments, they're just, a lot of the comments are really very hurtful. And I, what I feel like it does is it denies what I 
just went through, and it denies a huge part of who I am. Like, I am not crippling pain, but I go through crippling pain every month. Do you know what I mean? And it's not like I want to be, I don't want to be like recognized for, I don't want an award like, oh, here's your medal for going through crippling pain, but I don't want to be- You don't want it dismissed either. Yes. I don't want to be brushed off because living through something so difficult. Oh, which brings us to the next point I want to talk about. A little philosophy here, but I was thinking when I was writing out the notes for this, I was thinking, because for me to get through this pain, I think a lot about strength. I think a lot about the strength that we need to get through pain and fear and trauma and to recover. It's made me think a lot about, you know, like what is what is courage, right? Like what is courage in an everyday person? Like I'm an everyday person, like but what is courage? It's getting through experiences like that. It's getting through that crippling pain. That takes courage and that takes strength. I feel like that's the only thing that keeps me together mentally when I'm I wouldn't say in the pain because when I'm in the pain I'm like I'm totally lost it like I'm just like ah, I'm in pain but I mean like when I'm trying to recover and I'm trying to go back to work and I'm trying to just move forward in my life until you know three weeks later when it comes again like I think a lot about okay like I have to remember that I'm strong and Brittany, you started teaching me that I'm strong. Like that, these are words I've adopted from <laughs> Brittany and also from a lot of uh, the voice of guided meditations I listen to and the words from the text of a lot of self-help books that have taken over my shelves they in, do the past, <laughs> in the past two years okay, because I need help, <laughs> self-help. But so many things out there were telling me, you know, you're strong to get through this. Instead, I'm feeling ashamed. I'm feeling embarrassed. I was feeling, I was feeling a lot of very negative feelings. And Brittany, you helped me understand, like, we are so strong to get through this. And I want everyone listening, like, if you don't know how strong you are, you how have brave, such incredible strength to mm-hmm. face that pain be it for two hours be it for two minutes that pain just even one minute of that pain is unbearable and if you face that pain on your period or during intercourse or when you eat something I really feel for you and I just really I just want you to know how strong you are like to me that is strength If I was going to get a tattoo, which I'm not, because probably I would be allergic to the ink, one and two, I just don't think I would look good with a tattoo. But I would get, honestly, I was thought about that so much. Like, I would get something that says strength. And I've been thinking about how I want to, like, because I'm really into arts and crafts. Like, I want to get a canvas and I want to write the word strength or some kind of, like, I want the word strength. I want to look at it all the time. You know, it needs to be one of those words that you adopt into your everyday thought. You think, my pain, it's excruciating. I have this horrible pain. I'm suffering. I'm having a horrible experience. But within that mix, you also have to just keep that word. You know, when you say like, oh, well, how was your day? And you're telling about this horrible pain. The, the word that you still need to remember 
is even with all of that suffering, strength is still a word that needs to be in that mix. We talk so much about how important it is to know how to describe our pain. We also need to know how to describe ourselves. And we need to remember that you are brave and you are strong and you have the capacity and the ability to not only survive, but to also flourish in your life while surviving this pain. And that is so incredible. And you cannot ever forget how important that is. You see what I mean where I said I learned it from Brittany? <laughs> really listen to what Brittany is saying. You know what? If you have to like rewind and listen again or just save this part of the episode. Make and Make it a mantra. <laughs> yeah. No. And listen like after you because... I mean, lucky for me, I have Brittany in person. And after I go through those kind of moments, like we would talk in depth and Brittany, because, okay, you're feeling, like we said, you're dehydrated, you're exhausted, you're fatigued, like you're broken, you're broken. And it's like, if you could see your soul bleeding, that's how I feel like it's been sucked out of me. And it's very hard to remember in that moment when you're just trying to like, put your seatbelt on to go to work in the car that, oh, yeah, I'm so strong. I'm going to remember. Like, no, <laughs> it feels so ridiculous. But it's something that you have to just keep remembering and learning that you are strong. This pain, it doesn't break you because well, it, <laughs> it breaks you. But then you put yourself back together and you move forward in your life. It's very courageous and it's very inspirational. So I will say that one good thing that came out of this last year and a half of living through that excruciating pain was that it really pushed me to look for what was wrong with me. And so finally got diagnosed with endo and it pushed me to also look for treatment. You know, we did talk about this in one of the last episodes, but I really encourage you to go to the Facebook group Nancy's Nook Endometriosis Education. That is where I learned about how to empower myself, how to find a good doctor, like different treatments for endo. There is an incredible amount of resources in that group. And you can read about the different treatments, like scientific research about what's working, what's not working, the theories, the treatments out there. It's really amazing. And thankfully, I was able to find an excision surgeon, an expert in endometriosis who specialized in excision. And I was able to have an excision surgery just about two months ago. And actually, I'm surprised and happy to say that since that surgery, I've had two periods and I have not had that level of excruciating pain. Like it's still been painful, but ever since 95% of the endo was excised, I am so grateful that when my period came, like it did not go to that next level. I didn't know that there was hope. I didn't know there was hope when I was 16. I didn't know there was hope when I was in my 20s. And I certainly, when I made the choice to stop taking the painkiller, to heal the gastritis, and then to infront that pain every month while trying to heal my stomach, I literally, I mean, it was, it felt so hopeless. And like I said, I had a nervous breakdown like about a year in because I was like, okay, my gastritis, why aren't you healing faster? I literally, I cannot take facing this pain any longer. And things changed for me. And I am so grateful for that. And I am, I am telling you that because I really 
hope that things can change for you too if you are living with this kind of pain. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode all about pain. Woohoo, pain. And in the next episode, we're going to talk about tips for pain management. So stay tuned for that. So thanks so much and we'll see you next time. 